Hey everybody, welcome to the Next Level Finance Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane, entrepreneur, finance coach, and mortgage broker. Today, I'm excited. We are packed. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Um, today, I've got heaps on. You know what? I, uh, I love this time of year. This is the time of year when everyone starts to really uh, fade away from their goals and New Year's resolutions, and they start to really uh, fall back on all the things they said they were going to do in 2020, which is great because it gives you the opportunity to start to create some separation and move away from the pack. And also, hopefully, by listening to this podcast today, you get a little bit of motivation to keep on going, working towards those financial goals and start saving some money. So, can't wait for today. We are packed. I've got plenty in the show ready to bring you away to help you to uh, start making better decisions with your finances and move towards building an amazing lifestyle for you and your family. First things first, just remember, this podcast is designed for financial education purposes only and highly recommend that you go and engage a financial professional before you make any major financial decisions. So let's get into it. So the, the topic of today is based around property investing. This is probably the biggest question I'm getting at the moment from a lot of my clients. Should I buy a property? Where should I buy a property? How much should I spend? You know, can I afford to buy a property? You know, is it a good time? Is the market going to go up? Is the market going to go down? So I suppose in this role, you know, I'm paid to make an, have an opinion. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on in answers to all of those questions to the best of my ability and hope that gives you some guidance of you know what to do i've also got a really good scenario in the money mailbag a, re- a cracker of a scenario that's going to really help you um to relate it back to your situation to figure out what you should that's more in relation to actually retirement that one but it's um it's really it's a really handy one for us all to be across you know, no matter what your age is Alrighty, so property investing i mean i it's I geek out on property investing. That's that's my jam, you know. A lot of like, if there was a property investment show on Netflix, that'd be the first one I'd watch. And not because I love bricks and mortar, but I love what it can do for people. And I've just seen how it's completely transformed people's lives, and and it's taken them from, you know, and let's call it, you know, an, a mediocre or an average situation in their life to an amazing situation where it's just given them freedom, and uh, just love it because it enables you to. Hold on to an investment for a very low cash flow cost. And if buying, if you buy the right property, you know, in the right spot, the maintenance should be very low as well. So I'm going to talk you through property investment. So this is going to be designed, you know, this will, there'll be some helpful, you know, hopefully some gold nuggets in here, whether you're an experienced investor or you're just getting started and you want to, you want to find out how it works. So essentially property investing is the, you know, the mechanics of it is where you borrow money, right, to invest in a property that you don't live in and that you put a tenant in there and someone pays you rent every week. So, and all it's designed is that rent goes towards the mortgage repayments on that property. Now, in Australia, the interest you pay on that loan is deductible and the rent you receive for that property needs to be added onto your taxable income. So, I'll get into that a little bit later, but um, essentially you've got to um, declare the income, but you get to deduct the interest. And that's where you might have heard the term negatively geared, neutrally geared, positively geared. Essentially what that means is one by one. So negatively geared means that after you get your rent, but you pay all your interest and your expenses, you're out of pocket every year. And that's a negative component. So that's what you would call negatively geared. Neutrally geared is where the Interest and cost of the property are exactly the same as the rent you receive. So essentially, it's a net net effect and it doesn't cost you anything. That's what you call neutrally geared. Positively geared is where you're in a situation where you have 
more income coming in than what the expenses are. So it's actually putting a little bit of money in your property. Now, um, it depends who you speak to. There's there's a lot of people who are in the, you've got to buy properties that are negatively geared, they're in that camp. There's a lot of people who are in the, only buy properties that are positively geared, who are in that camp. And then there's people who are in the neutrally geared camp. The fact is, buying a property that's neutrally geared is very tricky because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not an exact science. It's hard to line up both sides, uh, you know, to work out that they net each other off. But my answer, if you are, if you, and I get this question a lot, so I'll answer it now, is should I buy a property that's negatively geared or positively geared? And the answer to that question would be buy the best property you can afford. It's as simple as that. I get to so many people get caught up in trying to find the next hotspot and trying to find, you know, do get a negative, they, they go and get a negatively geared property because they think it's going to be a better tax situation for them. Now, you know, it's like, that that doesn't make sense, you know. Would you would you spend a dollar to get 40 cents back if you didn't have to spend the dollar? Of course you wouldn't, right? So, um, and then positively geared properties, you know, I wouldn't want you to just go and buy a positively geared property and go and buy in a crappy area because it gives you $40 a week, right, that you're just going to blow anyway. So, I don't really believe, I don't really think that your decision when you look at an investing property, and, and this is not an opinion, right? This is factual information based off my personal investment experience over the last 12 years, as well as talking with, you know, thousands of people about their journeys and helping them to create wealth through property. And I've stuck to this, and like I said, this is not advice, but this this um, rule of thumb has always served my clients and I well, and that being, like I said before, Buy the best property you can afford. Like, don't don't worry about the hotspot. I always, um, you know, my my um property search philosophy is really really simple, right? And it's going to sound overly simple, and I, you know, there'll be some critics of this, no doubt. But it is whatever major capital city you live in, right? If you went to the middle of that city, right, and then you just kept walking outwards and stop when you can afford to buy a property, that's where I would buy, right? And then there's obviously more you know there's more issues within that in terms of buying in the right property in the right building the right aspect the right street right but let's say you live in sydney and you you, you went to the uh harbour bridge and you said all right well i can't afford a uh a 10 million dollar harbour view property so i'm going to keep walking till i and my budget let's say my budget's seven hundred thousand dollars right i'm going to just keep walking in the best direction that i can find and i'm going to stop when prices are now seven hundred thousand dollars now i know that sounds crazy and that seems super simple and buyers agents out there and researchers i've got my inverted commas out there would say that i'm mad right and i need to find the next hotspot. And, and don't get me wrong i've had lots of clients who have used really really good buyers agents and i've used the buyers agent before to find me properties and i love the service however i would still give my buyers agent pretty strict instructions that i'm not interested in the next growth town i want a town that's been growing for 100 years and will continue to grow for the next 100 years so there you go. That's my simple, um, you know, philosophy on <laughs> how much to spend. Now, the argument there would be, okay, well, let's let's use that example. If you had seven hundred thousand, you go, okay, well, do I buy two properties for three hundred and fifty thousand or one property for seven hundred thousand? Now, there's no right or wrong answer, right? And I believe if you buy a property in a decent location, hold it for over the long term, you'd be fine either way, right? So, there's no wrong answer to that. Personally, for me, right, I look at two properties and, and you know what pops into my head? <laughs> two washing machines, two hot water systems, you know, eight bathrooms, 
six fences. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just it multiplies for me. It multi- like two rates notices. You know everything multiplies, right? So in my simple head, right, I'm like, okay, well, seven hundred thousand dollars. You're spending whether you buy one property for seven hundred thousand or two properties for three hundred fifty thousand each, right? You've only you're still investing seven hundred thousand dollars. Now, if we hope that things you know double over 10, 15 years, right? It's seven hundred turns into one point four either way, right? So I would prefer to have one tenant, one washing machine, one hot water system for that 15 years, right, if the outcome's going to be exactly the same and the cash flow is quite similar. So really simple, like, and as you'll learn with me, I'm about creating wealth for the long term as safely as possible. So, you know, if I can, if I can half the amount of hot water systems I own, but get the same economic outcome, I'm always going to do that. And I'm always going to recommend that you do that if you can afford that. So that's that's basically how I work out my numbers. So I've probably, I've got the luxury of being, a, you know, a, a, having a financial planning background and now running a mortgage business. So I can run the numbers for me and understand, ascertain my serviceability really quickly, right? And, uh, um, you know, just from doing this day in, day out, all of the clients that are coming through my business at the moment what they're finding when they're looking to get pre-approvals for investment loans and buying investment properties because the rates are so low and if they structure the 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 loans properly they're not too negatively geared at the start they're almost they're not neutral but they're not far off neutral and as the rents continue to rise right they'll they'll transfer into that sort of neutrally geared zone over time which is really cool so circling back if you're listening to this podcast and going okay well thanks tone but what do i do right so my first thing you do is go back to your cash flow system and you work out, can I afford to buy an investment property? I mean, everyone wants to buy a property, but, you know, let's say this property, and, and as a rule of thumb, right, every $100,000 that you invest is going to cost you around about $50 a week, right? If you spend $500,000 on an investment property, right, that's five times 100000 so that's five times 50. It's going to cost you about $250 a week out of your pocket. And that's being really conservative, but let's be conservative, hey? So first things first, even before you come and see, you know, someone like, you know, Next Lending to get a, you know, get some mortgage advice, you need to make sure you can afford this bloody thing, right? And make sure you can afford it in a bad month. Or, you know, if you're, if you're just trying to get there, if you can maybe afford 250 then forget about it, right? I want you to – a really good thing that I do for a lot of my clients, right, is – I want you to pretend like you've got an investment a long time before you get an investment, right? So let's say that you go, I'm thinking about, you know, 2020, new decade, you know, on the vision board, you've got investment property, you want to get one this year, which is amazing, right? Before you do, let's pretend that you have one. Like do that as of tomorrow, right? So let's say, remember my rule of thumb, saying that every 100000 we spend is about $50 a week out of our pocket, right? So if we want to buy a property for 600 thousand we know it's three hundred dollars a week which is way overs but i want you to pretend like that anyway right so I want, why don't you just as of next week allocate three hundred dollars towards the side right and then do it the week after and if you can do that for three months and it hasn't affected your lifestyle and it hasn't put any strain on your family then i think it's probably not a bad idea for you to talk to a professional about potentially investing as long as it matches your risk profile and it, it, it fits in with your strategy and, and you know where you are in, on your you know wealth creation journey so that's the first thing second thing right once we've figured out we can afford it from a cash flow perspective then we want to go and talk to a broker right you know talk to someone like our, our team at next here and you know you want to understand okay how much can i borrow so they'll be able to tell you really really quickly and easily how much you can afford to borrow right so then understand how much you can borrow get a pre-approval 
you know, for the for a comfortable level that suits your cash flow. And then, like I said before, I would either go and try to buy the best quality property in the best area I can find, right? Or engage a financial like a buyer's agent. Then, so that's that location, right, is key. You want to buy the best quality property you can afford, right? So once you've once you've, you know, I always like to say to clients, if you're gonna do it yourself, I want you to look at a minimum of 20 to 30 properties before you make an offer on one. Because, you know, if you go and look at 20 cars, you get a really good idea of what's a good value car, right? So um, I don't want you to go and, <laughs> even if you do fall in love with the first one, I want you to go and check out, I want you to go and see the other 19 before you, you know, marry the first one. Go on 20 dates, right? Because I guarantee you, if you go and look at 20 properties in a similar area of the similar type, you'll end up becoming like a, you know, like a semi, <laughs> like a semi value aid. You'll, you'll get really, you'll get a really good idea of what things are worth. So that would be um, my suggestion. So once you've bought the property, then you want to engage a really good property manager. Now I recommend with property managers, they can make all the difference. There's such a, there's a b- really big difference between good and bad property managers. Um, and you want to find a property manager who's on the ball. So really easy to do. You know, you can just look up property management awards, right, and figure out who's winning the awards, and you'll be able to identify who would be the best agent to look after. So, of course, that's pretty much it, right? So that's the um, that's the my take on property. I think circling back to sort of cover off, you know, this topic of property investing, do I think it's a great idea? Absolutely. I think everyone should do it at the right time, but I don't think you need to rush into it. So I think the most important things I find and the biggest success that I've had and I've seen my clients have is when they've... they've run the numbers to make sure they can afford the property. So what the best the reason for that is because you never want to sell a property, right? Uh, unless you really, really have to. So and you especially don't want to sell it in a really bad time to sell. So if you know that you can afford this property through the good and the bad, then you're always going to be able to hold it long term. And no matter if the property isn't going that well, at some point in time there will be growth in it. So if you can the key to property is just literally staying in the game, right? So you just want to be able to afford to hold on to that puppy <laughs> for as long as possible because the longer you hold on to it, the, ho- the more that the rent's going to go up, the less it's going to start costing you and the more that you're going to make from that property over time. So, you know, uh, in, in my sort of um, practice and, and in my financial therapy and coaching sessions, I, I talk to clients about having a purpose around a property. So if we're assuming that you, you already have a home that you, that you live in, don't just go and invest for the sake of it have a plan for your investment. So go and buy an investment property knowing that the growth of that property is one day going to pay off your home loan or go and buy an investment property knowing that you could sell that property one day and pay for your kid's education or you could buy a property now and then that property could be some something that you could pass on to your kids one day or that property could be an asset that's going to assist you to live an amazing retirement. So don't go into it blindly. It's a big, it's a massive, massive decision to make, and there's a fine line between getting it so right or getting it so wrong. So do me a favor, please make sure you get the make sure you can afford it. You get the cash flows right. You speak to the right brokers. <laughs> Hopefully, it's the team at NextLend. But uh, if not us, make sure you get some good guys on your side, um, and make sure you're buying the right right location and, and really plan to marry this property. I want you to think of this property like it's a, it's, it's not it's not a fling, right? We're not flinging with properties. We're not speculating. We're trying to we're trying to marry these properties and you know have a long, 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 happy relationship. 
So, guys, hope you enjoyed. That's my take on property. I'll be talking about property almost every week, so don't worry if you if you if you've missed this or if feel free to rewind or you know if you have a friend who you've been thinking about you've been talking about property investing with, I'd love you to share this um, share this podcast and hopefully this just gives them a little bit that little bit more information about you know why you know the, the who what how and when of, of property so to speak. Time for this week's Money Mailbag, brought to you by Worth Property Investment. So if you've been thinking about buying property and you're not sure where to start and you want some advice, the guys at Worth Property, they're experts. So what they do is they're buyer's agents. I've, I've known Simon and the team for a long time. They've been very good to myself and my clients. Just in identifying, you know, the right properties, like I said before, I'm always trying to buy the best property I can afford, um, but... I'm very time poor, so the team at Worth Property, you know, I'm more than happy to pay them a fee to take all of the uh, stress away of the whole, you know, research, negotiation process. They take care of everything from start to finish, even finding tenants. So, like I said, it comes at a cost, but I've always found that the cost I pay these guys is, is dwarfed by the value that they've um, been able to, you know, obtain in the um, locating and negotiating of the property. So, if you wanted to reach out to the team at Worth Property, their website is worthpropertyinvesting.com.au or you can call Simon on 1300 897 874. Right, this week's money mailbag. I've got a really good one. This is a this is an interesting one, especially for people who are maybe in a new relationship and you're looking to buy property with each other. So what I've got here, the, the, the email that's been written in, and I should say too, if you ever wanted to get your situation reviewed, all you've got to do is email admin at nextlend.com.au you don't have to put your name in or anything if you wanted to keep it confidential but if you've got something you just want to run by me feel free to email that admin inbox at any time so today's scenario give me a sec so my boyfriend and i have been together for 18 months we've saved a hundred thousand dollars together and we're looking to buy our first investment property together We've already spoken to a broker and we're looking to spend $500,000 on the purchase. Just wondering if this is a good idea and how we would structure it. Well, that, there's a, <laughs> a bit of an open question there. And I, I'd probably have to make some assumptions, but is it a good idea? Well, uh, if, you, if your relationship's solid, I suppose it's a good idea. Um, assuming you've got a good relationship, um, of course it's a good idea. One of the things I would highly recommend in this scenario, though, is the ownership structure. Now, you need to speak to a conveyance or a solicitor to talk through this, but one way you could do it is buying a property as tenants in common, right? What that basically means is you're buying equal shares of all certain shares. So tenants in common, you'd be buying, for example, 50% of the property each, right? So rather than buying it in as joint tenants, which just means you both own 100%, now, that might seem, you know, inconsequential, essentially, for now, but let's assume that one of these people, let's assume, were to pass away, right, it gets really messy if it's, you know, owned as joint ownership, right, because, you know, the estate of the deceased person, they've basically got to go and negotiate what percentage of this property they own and what it's worth, right, whereas if it's tenants in common, it's quite simple. From the outset, this person owns 50% of the property, which would be equating to 250. So in the event of a death or a divorce, it's essentially you get the property valued and you 
you essentially halve it and that's what each person is entitled to. So it just creates a lot more simplicity in the event of a bad exit. Now, we hope things are work out really well in the long run, but this is one thing. If you're not married, right, and, you know, it's maybe a property acquisition earlier into a relationship – Speak to a legal professional, but buying as tenants in common can be a really great strategy for that type of scenario. So thank you very much for the question. Keep them coming, guys. More than happy to go through as many of these as we can. And that was Money Mailbag brought to you by Worth Property Investment. So guys, we are done on another podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I really hope that you uh, enjoyed today's, you know, information on property and um, like I said to you before property is going to be one of these things I'm talking about all the time and remember we're trying to get rich slow here and get rich safely so the plan is to design an amazing lifestyle but I don't want you to make the wrong call and get yourself in a situation where it's going to cost you money I call that the dumb tax. I don't want any of my listeners to ever pay the dumb tax. And the dumb tax is when it costs you money because you made a really bad financial decision, which by listening to this, my goal is to avoid everyone paying any dumb tax and create as many millionaires as I possibly can. So have a good week. Um, Please do me a favor. If you haven't already, um, subscribe to the podcast. Love it if you could leave a review. Um, also, um, if there's anyone that you think would benefit from having a quick listen to this, do us a favour, copy the link, send them a text or share the, share this podcast with them. I'd love to um, spread the word to as many people as we can. Thanks, guys. Have a great week and we'll catch up soon. <laughs>